Welcome once again, baseball fans. It's time to run the bases. We are recording tonight from Bee's Bistro in Sandy Springs, proud sponsor of Running the Bases. Coach Bounds is not with us tonight, but that's okay. We've got plenty of other guests in the building that are going to join us on this program. We're talking the Atlanta Braves because, hey, we're in Braves country. And first up, I have John Evans. John, how are you? Good, sir. I'm living the dream, Tucker. How are you? I, I'm living the dream, too, man. Good to good to see you. John, we've known each other for a while. I know. We go way back, man. Middle school days. Middle school days. I know. That's, that's, that's a long time. And that's pretty good stuff. So uh, so in, so what what are you, uh, you know, it's the off season. We know we're all watching football right now and getting ready for Georgia, Georgia Tech. But uh, the Braves have been making some news over the past few months. Most recently, we traded Jason Hayward, something that, uh, Coach Bounds and I discussed the other night. Uh, what do you think about losing Hayward for Shelby Miller? I got mixed feelings about it. Like I don't feel that we have a good replacement in right field, but Shelby Miller is a pretty good pickup. I think it was a way to shed payroll, but I'm not really for that. I think they need to be expanding payroll instead of shedding payroll. But I mean. I don't know. I mean, if you want something to change, you gotta sometimes make some, you know. Well, moves. don't you see? You kind of you kind of feel like I do that. This is a clearing of of the mess that Frank Wren created, correct? Yeah, I feel like I said. If you need change, sometimes you gotta break a few eggs and change things around, and sometimes make the uncomfortable moves. Yeah, but I mean, really, do you think Jason Hayward? The say hey kid would have stayed here past his uh, two year agreement, which ends after next season. Um, That's a good beer. What are you I, drinking there? Uh, Newcastle Brown Ale. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I. I would think he would maybe take a hometown discount because he's from. Nobody takes a hometown discount anymore. Tell me yeah. the last time that that happened. <laughs> I, I I can't remember. After Brian McCann left, I kind of gave up on the hometown discount. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. I guess he would go to, like, he'd sign a big contract with some other team, maybe the Dodgers or something. I don't know. The so, Dodgers? You think he's – the Dodgers have, like, seven outfielders. Though. I know, but who knows. But uh, he would go to another team that had a lot of money. That's basically my point. He would go to some team in a bigger market with more money just thrown at him. Do you think, though, I mean, you know, if he's going to command a grillion dollars a year on par with uh, Giancarlo Stanton, who, by the way, I guess you could call that a hometown discount at $325 million. I'm, I'm kind of astonished by that move. Like, I I don't think he's he's young. That's It's kind of silly to throw that type of money at some player. He's one of the highest paid players in baseball history now. And it's like every big contract like that with Albert Pujols, Alex Rodriguez, like a bunch of other players who got those gigantic, like 10, 10 year plus deals. I just feel like those have just gone just terrible. Well, yeah, that's true. But you got to remember, Albert Pujols, when he signs that deal, he's 31 years old with a history of foot problems. So it's, it's well known across the board that that's, that contract's going to be dead weight in another four or five years but John Carlo I mean the kids like what 24 25 I just think it's strange the Marlins won't spend money on in general but then they open the the you know bring struck perhaps yeah get all this money for John Carlo Stanton but then as the question is are they going to spend it on other players I mean probably not so and then like before when they had was like two years ago where they had a huge payroll 
and then they shed it mid-season and you know just the told, trade with the uh, the Blue Jays yeah they did all that stuff and like just shed like half their payroll mid-season just because they weren't doing that well I just I, I just I don't get that I mean if that's that's their guy for the next 10 years until he gets moved to Boston or something yeah well it's true that you know he's got that uh, I think it's a five-year or a six-year opt-out clause so you know, uh, he couldn't. He could opt out and then command even more money, a la A Rod. But um, as far as the Braves are concerned, um, you know, we we uh, we're so constricted, financially speaking, with the fact that we are. Pay- you know that Dan Ugla is going to be the highest paid player on our team next year. Right, he's not even on the team. He's in the San Francisco minor league system. You I know. don't even think he's there. Or like single A ball. What's your favorite Dan Ugla moment? The streak where he he hit like safely in 33 games or something like that, and I remember I was there the the day it started. I I was just joking around and chanting MVP 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 when he got up to bat, and suddenly he just cracked like a single and started the streak that would go on ESPN for like 33 games or whatever it was. Like, and he was still at like 220 when he was at the streak. Yeah, his batting average raised from. From like one seventy to like to whatever, you know, something crazy. But it was just I was there when it started, and I, my friends were laughing, you know, when I was, you know, because I just I didn't want to like boo him. I kind of did, but like I don't want to boo my own players, so I just decided to use reverse psychology on him, and uh, chant MVP, 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 and mm-hmm. you know maybe he thought like he was the MVP, like he started to, you know. I'm he, sure he did. <laughs> I'm sure he went home every day and looked in the mirror and went, you know what, Dan Ugla. I really did good today. Right. I was like the strongest player. Yeah, no, most likely not. <laughs> Probably not. But that's why I like to. That's how I like to remember him. Well, that's how I like to remember him as well. <laughs> the greatest underachieving, <laughs> highest played player paid, in the history of the Braves. So there we go. Yeah. Now, without Hayward, what do you? How do you see the Braves' outfield next year? Because it could possibly be the worst defensive outfield in the history of bad outfields. And the worst hitting, too, besides Justin Upton. I mean, Justin. Well, H- if you have Gaddis out there, LO. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're know, talking about. Be pretty good. They're talking about running Gaddis out there. As far as right field goes, I mean, I guess maybe they'll put just Justin Upton or BJ out there. I don't I have no idea. But um, hopefully they don't put Jordan Schaefer out there because he can no longer. Is he still a baseball player? I think so, yeah. He doesn't work at a skate pro shop yet? <laughs> he will. Just give it time. Yeah. <laughs> he'll he'll be there. a little bit of time. He'll work at a yeah, skating rink or like a ice skating alley or something like that. A bowling alley. Bowling alley, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right, John. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I uh, really appreciate it. Where, where can people in Atlanta find you if they want to meet the man who's on the show? I hang out at uh, Tony's Sports Bar a lot in Sandy Springs. Um, I can be found, you know, in Buckhead, going to a lot of different places. Uh, I'm, ar- I'm around a lot of places. You're around. All right, so look out for John Evans, ladies and gentlemen. He is around. Right. Thanks so much for joining us, my friend. All right, thanks for having me, Tucker. You're welcome. All right. Once again, we are recording at B's Bistro at 6010 Sandy Springs Circle. I have with me Sarah Barnes, avid Braves fan and a listener of Running the Bases. Sarah, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Tucker? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I think you covered most of it. I did? You your, did. Your I'm, name I'm, and you're a Braves yeah. fan? Yeah. Yep. 
That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> so um, your father, we we go way back. Your father uh, was a season ticket holder. Is he still a season ticket holder of our Atlanta Braves? He is, in fact. How does he feel about this pending move to Cobb County? Like he's going to have to drive a shorter distance to get to the Braves. All right. <laughs> but is he in favor of them leaving downtown to to Cobb County. Is it does the short in distance make it a all signs point to yes? Quite honestly with my father, I'm not sure he cares either way, but uh I'm excited about it. Really? Why? Uh I I know you have a certain love for Turner Field and it is a beautiful stadium and a great location like as a spectator of you can see the skyline and there's a Chick-fil-A cow and there's fireworks and yay. There is a Chick-fil-A cow. <laughs> That's a very good point. But the fact remains it's in the middle of nowhere. If there wasn't a baseball stadium there, you would never, ever, ever go to that area. Well, now I, I beg to differ. See, just outside of that area is some of the night, you know, close to um, what's the cemetery, the most famous cemetery, Oakland, Oakland Cemetery. And you have, uh, the Moreland District. I, I mean, but the fact is, it's outside of that area. That's true. But are you really going to be more enticed to go to a Braves game because there's an Applebee's right outside? No, I'm going to be enticed to go to a Braves game because there's less chance of somebody getting mugged. <laughs> so you feel threatened at Turner Field? Why, yes, yes, I do. In fact, I have been mugged outside of Turner Field. It was you excellent. Wow, wow. Now, um, was this what? What area of the field was it? Just in the parking lot, the main parking lot, or on the side street on Hank Aaron Drive? Walking from, I think it's the blue lot, the one that's like once you get off the expressway and you go left, the one that's just on the right. So walking from there to the stadium. Okay. So I had to go down those fun little stairs where there was a gentleman waiting to take my wallet. So that was fun. He said, you could have my cash, but first, you know, I got to ask, what makes you want to live this kind of life? So don't you worry. There ain't no rest for that wicked man. So, well, I, I can see that personal experience would make you want to leave. So, but how do you feel about the fact that Cobb County is going to pony up close to four hundred million dollars to make this move happen when the Braves are owned by a company that is worth over thirty billion dollars? Glad that I don't live in Cobb County. <laughs> but if you did, would you feel comfortable with such a thing? I live in the city of Atlanta. The Falcons are getting a brand new place to play so it's it's not thrilling but at the same time I understand the frustration of the Braves because they've been asking for changes for a long time that have been promised and haven't been fulfilled so like what which ones in particular cleaning up that area and making it more of like an attraction as opposed to just you're going to a Braves game and that's it making it more of an event so that you can bring the family down there and it's not like let's run into the stadium kids because it's scary down in these parts yeah. Do you who, do you think that's the fault of the city? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because it was promised. It it was promised to them, and they threatened to move before they actually did go behind everyone's back for the most part and decide, hey, let's do this. See, that's my biggest issue with it is the fact that this was very much kept out of public purview. You know, it's just out of nowhere. Bam, we're moving. But I think that was a necessary evil because they fought for forever to make it like a better place but they still city of atlanta did nothing to clean up that area at all if anything they but also the area the area didn't want to to adapt itself and change itself and gentrify you know there is that aspect of it as well and now cobb county 
Cobb County does not really seem to care. They're like, oh yeah, take whatever you want. Knock down Cumberland Mall, which actually would be a good thing because that mall is terrible. It's better than it used to be. Really? I doubt that. There's like a Costco there and stuff now. John works there. John Evans, previous guest of running the previous bases? guest indeed. Ah, all right. Well, he we... works at the Cumberland Costco. All right, we'll go see him for the holiday season. I'm sure he'll help you find whatever it is that you're looking for. Indubitably. Indubitably. How do you feel about the traffic that will no doubt become a total like cluster F in that area? Um, it's already a total traffic cluster F, as you like to say. It's kind of like saying. It's downtown. Well, guess what? It's You're already going to be stuck in traffic for forever. A Braves game is not going to make that big of a dent. I really think the same holds true for there. You don't think 30,000 more cars at peak traffic hours is not going to make a dent? No, because I don't think that's true. Because I think most of, a lot of the Braves fan base is already going into that area. So it's going to be... So they're just going to divert. Like, you know what? I was on my way home. Let's just take a right here instead of a left. Let's take a right. (laughs) You know what? I was going to go home and cook a steak dinner, but Braves game sounds good. Exactly. Honey, honey I'm not going to make it. I'm going to a Braves game. Exactly. That's the kind of fan base you want. The most blasé, non-passionate, you know, this is just convenient. As opposed to, like, the lack of fan base and the empty seats. Yes, I'll take the blasé over that. But let me ask you something. We packed Atlanta Fulton County Stadium for years and years and years. We drew over 3 million fans. What do you think attests to that? That's a very good question, Tucker. And the answer is, we are not a sports town unless it has to do with a college. And, you know, there's dogs and bumblebees and things that people like. But The dogs, really. Yeah. yeah. It's Georgia. It's Georgia, Georgia Tech for sure. But what is the one-word answer I'm looking for to how you get 3 million fans inside of a concrete donut in the middle of the same destitute area? Postseason. Winning. Yeah. Thank you, hashtag winning. <laughs> if the Braves don't win... That new fancy stadium in Cobb County will be just as empty and worthless as Turner Field appears to be right now. Well, that and the fact that the seats at the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium had about an inch and a quarter wider setting to them. And we're in the south and we like our fried foods and sometimes the rear end is a bit wider. (laughs) Are you calling me fat? I'm not. I'm saying that it's always lovely when you're sitting next to someone and their elbow is in your midsection because the seats aren't wide enough. Hopefully that's rectified with the Cobb County Stadium. So, okay. I mean, obviously Atlanta Fulton Co. had to go, but you're saying that even at Turner Field there's an issue with space? Yes, absolutely. The seats are about an inch and a quarter narrower there than they were at Atlanta Fulton County. Well, how do you do you believe that they're going to make an improvement on that? I certainly hope so. I've been to other stadiums. I've been to Comerica Park. I've been to the new Bush Stadium in St. Louis. They all feel the same. I disagree with that. I've been to plenty of stadiums myself being a baseball fan, in fact. So at Turner Field, there's just an amazing narrowness to it that perhaps it's it's mental, but... No, I'm, I'm still listening. Yeah, that's Everybody it. else is listening, too. I just fell off there because that was kind of the end of the point. Well, no, give me an example. What's a new stadium that you've been to that you really think, wow, they got this right? That's an excellent question. I did go, okay, this isn't baseball, but this is football. I went to the uh, Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers Stadium. The pirate ship? Yeah. The pirate ship is awesome, just saying. I think we should get like a giant tomahawk for kids to climb on and things because that would be awesome. But anyway, their their seating it felt so much more spacious. Yeah. It's like going from like coach to first class. Yeah, it's that's a true. You don't you don't think though that the fact that it's a, a football stadium makes a difference in that? No. 
because I can tell you this, I've been to like, I went to Safeco Field in 2009, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, Mm -hmm. no doubt, no doubt this architecture firm, which used to be HOK Sport, that is going to make the new SunTrust Park um, is the top of the line. I mean, they've, they've starting with, you know, Oriole Park at Camden Yards all the way through. I think they've done every new stadium that's been built in the last, what is it now, 25 years. So it'll be beautiful. But I don't know if it'll be that different. I go to Turner Field, and yes, there's the skyline, and yes, there's the tomahawk and cow, and yes, there's a giant Coke bottle, but I think the seats are fine. You say SunTrust Park with such disdain. Oh, such <laughs> disdain. I could care less about SunTrust. I love Turner, though. I mean, that's the guy who put Atlanta on the map. Let's face it. You know, you don't have Ted Turner. You don't have Atlanta the way it is today. You don't have Ted Turner. You don't have Turner Sports. You don't have the Olympics. This is true. The real problem that I see is the issue that's still going to exist is that new baseball stadiums thrive on public transportation. And when given the opportunity with the Olympics to build a martyr rail station right to the front doorstep of Turner Field, we neglected not to. Yeah. Have, have Have you dealt with MARTA in Turner Field? Well, in its current state, yes, but all that ICOG money from, you know, the early 90s leading up to the Olympics, why didn't they build a rail line directly to it? Question mark. Welcome to Atlanta, Tucker. Where the players play. Did you know that at one point there was a monorail system that was offered to Atlanta that Atlanta refused because welcome to Atlanta? Yeah. Well, now we have the streetcar, so hey, that'll be fun. Yeah, we can get from one place to another, and our tires can get a little worse because there's rails in the middle of the road. Yeah. All right. So, (laughs) Sarah Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, in favor of the Cobb County move. Once in Cobb County, how many times a year will you go to a Braves game? Probably about as many as I do now, just because I'm a Braves fan. I don't care where they are. You don't care if you get mugged? No, you know what? They're worth the mugging. I don't carry that much cash, and I can cancel my cards quickly. So Yeah, Freddie Freeman, he's he's (laughs) worth mugging. Certainly Chipper Jones was worth getting mugged over. (sighs) Not a Chipper fan? (laughs) Not a Chipper fan. Who's your favorite Brave of the moment? Besides Dan Ugla. Oh, God. I don't know. I really don't, because there's, there's not really a standout to me at the moment. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I am excited about the trade from... I'm glad Hayward's, you know, making his way. Shelby into, Miller. Yeah, yeah Shelby Miller is going to be interesting. You know, this trade, Coach and I talked about this on our last podcast, that this trade feels like the reverse of the J.D. Drew for Adam Wainwright because Shelby Miller has a tremendous upside. And unfortunately, Mr. Hayward has a tremendous downside because when you have a batting stance that has so many moving parts and your head bobs up and down. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you go. Props for the... Uh, for the Shelby Miller to Atlanta. He will be the next Adam Wainwright. Mark it down, calling it right here on Running the Bases. Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you, Tucker. All right. All right. Now, very special guest to Running the Bases. We have Pasha Safis, one of the owners of V's Bistro, proud sponsor of Running the Bases. Pasha, how are you? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing well. How's work tonight? Um, it's pretty good. We're rolling. Rolling right along? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite entree here at Bee's Bistro to make? Oh, to make? To make. Uh, I would say the shrimp scallop and grits. That is my favorite to order. Mm-hmm. If someone were to come in here right now having listened to this, what would you recommend to them? 
I would recommend either the shrimp scallop and grits uh, or our house brine pork chop. Ooh, the house brine pork chop. Yes, either as the plate with the Vichy carrots and house mash or the seasonal grill plate. Well, now, uh, how long have you uh, lived in Atlanta? Been in Sandy Springs 23 years and then over off uh, Beaufort Highway. I think we were there like two years, so probably about 25, 26 years. Okay, 25, 26 years. We went to high school together. Mm-hmm. Um, and middle the, school. And middle school at, at the uh, the Ridgeview and then the Wood, the Riverwood. Did you go to the Point? I did go to the Point, but only So we for, grew up together. We grew up together. Aww. I grew up in Vinings until fifth grade and then went to the Point and the rest is history. So yes. big shout out to Riverwood, by the way, uh, in the same neighborhood as Bees Bistro. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you a Braves fan? I'm not a baseball fan. <laughs> Not much of a baseball fan. <laughs> That's fine. You're you're but you are you've worked in uh, NASCAR before. Yes. Tell us about that. What was that like? Uh, it was fun. It was a lot of when you're dealing with officials, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah. So that what was it, that was fun, but it's fast paced and it's a, actually a lot of hard work. Yeah. What was your what was your specific title when you were working on the team? Oh, I would say pit crew and pit crew and gopher. Pit crew and gopher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you uh, did you find it? Um, you know, NASCAR is a sport. Did you find it to feel like a sport, or was it more of like a, I don't know, mechanical engineering on the go? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. Definitely both. <laughs> now your father, Buzz. Mm-hmm. Who is the B in B's Bistro? That uh, he is. What is he like? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No, he's uh, he's he's good. Um, he's one of the, a type of person that will bend over backwards and break his own back to help somebody. Um, in in all reality, not expect anything in return. Um, he does have a tendency to to lose it with things that should be common sense and common knowledge to people and they don't follow through with it so working in close proximity uh for this long has been very trying on our on our relationship but we just stick it out though we stick it out yeah well i as as i don't know if our listeners know as well as i've been promoting it but i work here i am loving working here especially right now that you do you're my little princess in the front of the house oh i thank you you're the uh the uh the raging bull in the back of the house pretty so, much pretty much <laughs> so it's like a, it's a whole nice family here so dysfunctional but, <laughs> but you know what the quality of the food and the ambiance really makes up for it so absolutely yeah and and how long have have the bistro been here um, almost four years. Almost four years. Mm-hmm. Coming up on the four-year anniversary. What was the concept behind it when they made this restaurant? Uh, as far as I understand, um, I mean, things were supposed to go along lines of we wanted to give people more of an experience other than just coming to a restaurant and or coming to a bar and it being loud. We wanted to be a little bit more intimate. Um, we like to use the the phrase casual upscale dining. Um, I have a feeling, though, I've I've had the suspicions that the the phrase upscale has scared a lot of people off. Um, the interior is beautiful, and I know that I've had 
personal friends of mine come in and they're like, I feel underdressed. But that's not the the feeling. We want you to feel like it's just a neighborhood bistro and you can come in as you are and and enjoy. Yeah. So we wanted quality food, you know, for fair prices and an atmosphere that you felt comfortable in and it be casual upscale <laughs> there you go well i i know i'm a homer by saying this because y'all sponsored this show and my whole livelihood by employing me outside of of course my internet radio stardom but the uh food is fantastic and i know that you wear many hats here including uh expo and including prep cook and cook and the food is what uh you know i think is the most important thing it's the essential thing and y'all deliver on this menu Every single time somebody orders anything, lunch or dinner. So, um, so thank you. Thanks for uh, letting us do this podcast here. And uh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, you know, we'll see you here again soon. And um, uh, where's a uh, what? What is a website that we can uh, that listeners can go to to see the menu and find out specials and all that good stuff? I believe it's www.bsbistro.com. Yeah, and uh, and we also have a Facebook. It's B apostrophe S Bistro. Uh, I think it's just B's Bistro, and that's on Facebook. Could be B's Bistro on the Circle though. On the Circle, because we are on Sandy Spring Circle. Yes, we are specifically sixty ten Sandy Spring Circle, Atlanta, Georgia three zero three two eight. Sweet B one and Sweet B one. <laughs> How about that? How perfect B's and Sweet B one. Well, we will definitely post a link to that on our Running the Bases Facebook page. Fantastic. Uh, uh, you're welcome. Pasha, thank you to Deb and Buzz. Thank you for having us, folks. Coming into home, thank you for listening to Running the Bases. You can hear us on SoundCloud and also download us on iTunes. Woo! Woo! Have a good night.